You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue this, this is the pod, is the pod for, you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Time for talking is over. Who do you got? DJ Stewart, Tommy Beer joining you here. This is Orange and Blue Blood, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFAN original. We are at the final preview episode before we have our NBA playoffs kicking off with the New York Knicks facing the Cleveland Cavaliers game one. Saturday at 6, so we got plenty to get to. We will give you a full preview of Game 1. What do we think? What are we looking for in Game 1? We'll talk all about that. We'll also give you our final predictions for this series. We'll tell you what it's going to take for the Knicks to get it done, what it's going to take for the Knicks to lose this series, and, of course, our actual official picks for this series. So we got plenty to talk about that. And it is the NBA playoffs, so we're not going to just focus solely on the Knicks we will give our picks for the rest of the playoffs who we have coming out of East and West and some first-round matchups to watch. So great episode lined up for you guys. Really excited to do this one. Tommy, again, is with me as always. Tommy, how you feeling? 75 degrees and sunny in New York right now, and we got playoff basketball on the horizon, a day away from a much-anticipated playoff series, um, which will give us plenty to talk about and discuss and look forward to and recap and um, there's nothing better than 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 postseason basketball than the, those those jittery feelings right before tip and basically throughout the entire game. Um, that's that's how you know you're alive um, when when you get a chance to experience that that stuff. And it's been too long uh, for too many Nick fans, um, especially uh, feeling a, a, of a team that could actually make some noise um, and and has a chance to win a series and and, and scare some teams. So um, a day away from that, um, and uh, you know hopefully we'll still be confident and positive um, next week but uh, either way uh, a blessing to uh, to to be able to look forward to to a, a big game here in New York yeah I got my Clyde Frazier throwback jersey on I mean I am ready to go I know Tommy's ready to go let's get to it so again this is Orange and Blue Bloods a Odyssey WF and original a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcast including a free Odyssey app make sure you hit that auto download feature on your streaming service so you can get these episodes every time you drop we drop three times a week. This is our third and final 
NBA playoff, Nick playoff preview episode before we have our games getting started. So make sure you guys hit that auto download feature. Make sure you also rate and review the podcast as well on your streaming service and catch us on YouTube. You can catch us both on the WFAN page and on the Odyssey Sports page. We post our full episodes and clips from the episodes. So make sure you check us out, WFAN Odyssey Sports on YouTube. So Let's get to it. The time for talk and prognosticating is almost over because on Saturday, the Knicks will take the court at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers for game one of the NBA playoff. Tip-off is set for 6 p.m. Eastern time, so be there or be square. The Knicks won the season series over the Cavs 3-1 to with their last win powered by a career-high 48 points from Jalen Brunson. That was on March 31st. That was also the team's first game without Julius Randle this season. He has been sidelined with a sprained ankle and has yet to be cleared for full contact in practice. He has done partial things in practice. He's done some shooting. He's done some full speed sprinting, but no contact as of yet. As we record this podcast Friday morning, I guess maybe we'll get more word, but it sounds like the Knicks will probably play this right up until um, near tip off in terms of whether or not Julius Randle will play in game one. Meanwhile, the Cavs returned to the playoffs for the first time since LeBron James left the franchise in 2018 when they lost to the Golden State Warriors for a second time. Uh, but the reserve, um, Seti Osman, is the only player left on that 2018 roster. So last time they were in the, in, in the playoffs, they were in the finals, but only Osman is the guy who is still on that roster. So an entirely different team, an entirely different makeup, an entirely different coaching staff leading the Cavs this season. So Let's talk about the importance of game ones because we're starting this discussion in this podcast talking about game one. Game ones have always been super important in the NBA. Uh, teams that win game one in the 2 2 1 1 1 format of a seven game series, they've gone on to win their series 75% of the time, almost, or more than 75%. They're uh, 304 and 100 when they win a game one of the uh, playoffs. So let's also talk about road teams playing in game one because that's where the Knicks are right now. Very crucial the Knicks win this game because teams that win game one on the road go on to win their series is about 48% of the time. Teams that lose game one in their series go on to win about 14% of the time. Those teams are 42 and 250 in series as well. Teams that win game one are 54 and 58. So this is a crucial game for the Knicks coming in here in game one as the road team. So I asked Tommy first, when you think about this matchup, Looking into game one particularly, what are some of the things you're going to be looking for right out of the gate to kind of maybe give an indication of how this season, this series will go? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, immediately, it's going to be Julius Randle and his ankle. Um, one, is he on the floor? Um, and, and that right now, it seemed like we were trending in the right direction earlier in the week. Um, and depending on who you ask, on, on who you listen to, um, it sounds like he may not suit up or you're pessimistic that he's going to play. Um, you know, uh, he, he still hasn't been cleared for contact. Um, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, you know, again, I, I think your point is well taken that they're going to play right up close to the vest and, and they're going to leave it uh, up in the air for as long as possible and basically and, and not give any details and, and firm details or, or plans um, un, until basically they're legally, legally obligated to, um, because as we've discussed, it makes sense to, to do so. Um, to, to force the Cavs to kind of prepare. Will Obi be in the starting lineup? And then, if so, the Knicks are, are a different team. Um, you know, they play with much faster pace. Um, obviously, the the huge gets it gets divvied up uh, far greater among Randall and uh, I'm sorry, Barrett and Brunson. Um, and Grimes get more shots, whereas Obi's uh, 
more of a, a you know finisher. Um, so that that that's kind of what we'll see. Um, you know, I, I did see a quote from Jared Allen yesterday. There was a clip of him saying, "Oh, you guys think Julius Randle might not play?" They kind of chuckling, like basically saying, "We're preparing for Julius Randle to start." Yeah. Um, you know, and and play game one and be Julius Randle essentially. You know, that's kind of what they're game planning for, which I, I think makes sense. The fact that he's you know that the fact that he's practicing. Um, but again, so much up in the air. Um, you know, I think we'll get a better feel as as EJ mentioned. We're recording this Monday morning. Um, oh, Friday, yeah. Know, uh, sorry, Friday, mo- Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, see what Tibbs has to say post practice today. Um, again, even if he does is not clear for full contact, you know, that doesn't mean he's not going to play. Um, you know, Saturday morning shoot around. Uh, you know, we'll see. We, you know, we're basically going to have to play this by ear. It'll probably be a game time decision. Uh, I should say it, it will probably at least the Knicks will say it, it will be a game time decision <laughs> yeah. whether they make a termination. Um, you know. Uh, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Friday night, Friday at that point. Um, I'm I'm sure they have a good sense. I'm sure Randall has a good sense. I'm sure the team has a good sense, and they're gonna they're gonna keep that uh, in house. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, and and, and assuming that he does play, um, how does he look? Is he, you know, is any signs of limping? Any, 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 you know, is he, does he, cause you know, he was really explosive and, you know, we, we know what he brings to the table. Um, yeah. I, I think that's probably the first thing I'll keep an eye on, you know, first few possessions of game one, if he's out there. And if not, you know, how the Knicks look about him is, is will, will be the story. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned kind of Randall's explosion, uh, Randall being a physical player, not to say that anybody wouldn't be, you know, less of themselves without with an ankle injury, but it feels like Randall's the kind of guy that if he was compromised, he yeah. would, uh, you know, be be far less effective out there. So um, Randall and his health in this situation, of course, is the the main story coming into Game One. But if I, if I take a step outside of that in terms of what I'll be watched for in Game One, almost regardless of whether or not he's out there, because um, I think the strategy may not change. I will be very curious to see how the Cavs guard pick and roll coverages with Jalen Brunson. Um, they kind of let Jalen Brunson just cook the last game and boy, did he cook? I mean, he was cooking up uh shrimp pasta. He was cooking up steaks. He was cooking up, uh, he did all, all the fine delicacies because man, that 48 point performance, he had a 30, I think a 33 point first quarter, first half performance was an absolute masterclass. And, uh, the Cavs took notice, and J.D. Pickers have said that it, 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 it was a wake-up call for his team and that they definitely saw, you know, just how dangerous a scorer Jalen Brunson is. So we've seen teams implore this a couple of times this year, you know, kind of sporadically saying, okay, you know, we're going to try to take the ball out of his hands. And Jalen Brunson is a very unselfish player from that regard where he'll give it up. I'll be curious to see if that's something the Cavs do immediately in game one. Is that how they start this series? They plan A. To say, hey, we're going to take the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands, make RJ, make Quentin Grimes beat us. Or will they say, we're going to play this straight up. We have Isaiah Coro. He's back. Maybe he's not 100%, but he's close to 100%. Let's see how he does man up against Jalen Brunson before we make that adjustment. I think that's going to be crucial. I think if the Cavs mess around and don't try to get Jalen Brunson's uh, the ball out of Jalen Brunson's hands, I think that could be a disaster for the Cavs. I, I think that that would be a big mistake. I think they're going to have to find a way to get the ball out of his hands, make Mitchell Robinson uh, on the short roll really the decision maker, make Julius Randle more of the decision maker on, that, on those short rolls as opposed to making Jalen Brunson do what he wants. So I'm really curious to see how the Cavs guard JB. You know, he's the, the difference from the 2021 team outside of, of course, Mitchell Robinson being back and the bench guy being a lot better. But when you really look at why did the Knicks have a chance in the first round? 
you start with saying, well, now they have Jalen Brunson. Now they have that point guard. So how teams guard this star point guard that the Knicks have, I think will be a very important thing to watch for in this series. And similarly, uh, on the other end of the floor, how do the Knicks defend uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell? Uh, he's capable yeah. of, of, you know, 35, 40, 45 points in a big playoff game. as a dude that's averaged 35 plus points um, for a series and, and shot and slash 50, 40, 90. Um, you know, he's as good an offensive player, especially once he gets going. So do you let, you know, and, and the, the age old question, do you let the guy, you know, get his 44 points and then, you know, and, and prevent other guys from, you know, getting, you know, mo- uh, mobile dunks at the rim and, and Jared Allen, easy shots, close the basket. Um, you know, do you drop off, you know, to prevent those, those easy buckets off pick and rolls, um, you know, that, that, that kind of action, because the Cavs are going to look to, to put Knicks, you know, really stress the Knicks defense. Um, yeah, but yeah, just to, in, in, in relation to the, the Brunson point, um, the in, the only really injury question from the Cavs side of things is, is Isaac Okoro. Um, uh, he injured his knee, uh, I believe it was March 26th, was the game, uh, the 28th rather, it was the game prior to Brunson's 48-point explosion in Cleveland. And Okoro is the guy that's basically tasked with covering the, the opposing team's top perimeter score, top perimeter player. Yep. Um, yeah, we saw it uh, earlier in the season, the January meeting between the two teams did a really good job holding Brunson a five of 13 shooting. Um, and obviously he wasn't there, in, you know, for the 48 point game. So assuming he plays um, and, and we'll probably get the uh, injury reports, uh, the first injury report, the teams will most likely release it this evening, Friday evening. Um, I my assumption is, is, uh, Randall will be listed as questionable. If Randall's listed as doubtful, then then there's obviously major cause for concern there, um, which yeah. basically 75% chance he's not going to play. And teams can't really mess around too much on that with all the gambling implications and all that other stuff. Um, the list right. is pretty, you know, in other words, they're not going to list him as doubtful and if he's actually probable, that type of thing. If he's listed as probable, that's obviously great news for the Knicks. That means he's going to play. Um, but again, you know, questionable leaves you in that you know, uh, on the fence area, um, which is yeah. uh, which is where I think they'll be. Um, uh, Coral may be listed as questionable as well, but he's probably closer to the um, uh, probable side of that tag. Um, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. Obviously, everyone can eye out for the injury report, which should uh, which should drop to sometime this evening. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, um, just watching clips while we were talking of Okoro uh, covering Brunson. And he did a pretty good job on him in those one-on-one matchups. So uh, he's going to be a crucial piece of the series. I know we'll, we talked plenty about 
Um, Donovan Mitchell, we talked plenty about Garland, but his defense on Jalen Brunson may end up being the difference, um, especially if they don't decide to take the ball out of Brunson's hands, blitz screens, double screens, and they're saying, okay, we're going to let Isaac Gore, our best defender, uh, take on this matchup. This is essentially why we drafted him, right? Like, yep. we didn't draft Obi Toppin. We drafted this kid because he was a Swiss Army knife defensively. He can get after a guard multiple positions. So maybe they say, hey, let's go, kid. This is the opportunity. This is what we've been asking for. Or maybe they say, hey, um, you're going to play tough on-ball defense, but we're going to give you a lot of help. And that would open things up for other guys. And that's where the R.J. Barris, the Emmanuel Quickleys, of course, Randall, um, Josh Hartz, and Quentin Grimes have to make plays. When you look at – one thing I will say, too – yeah, go ahead. Sure. One other thing on Okoro, just before we move on, um, you know, you kind of think of him as, you know, a defense only guy, you know, those players, those Bruce Bowen type guys, obviously not on a mm-hmm. defensive level of that, but, you know, a guy right. you basically can ignore completely on, on offense. And yes, the Knicks are going to dare to shoot. Isaac Okoro beats you, then he, then he beats you. So be it. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at the numbers, he, he actually shot a lot better than, than I would, would have thought. Um, over the final 44 games he appeared in. So basically dating back to Christmas, he shot 54% from the floor. Most importantly, 43.4% from deep. So this is not a guy that's you know going to be scared to death to take a corner three if he's wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to, you know, the Knicks will live with him taking and making them. Um, but again, it's not, you know, don't don't be shocked if, if Okoro knocks down, you know, three big threes at, at some point, uh, you know, in game one. And um, it's, again, those are the type of guys and, and the role players tend to play better at home, you know, all that type of stuff you know, going into a, a playoff series, it's, you know, and a game that I think most folks will assume will be tight, um, you know, throughout the contest. Those those could be some big shots that a court takes, and we'll see if he makes them. Yeah, they, 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 he's going to have opportunities. I think for the Knicks, they can't overreact to shot-making from some of these other guys. Um, yep. We know Cavs is going to make some shots. Okoro is going to get some wide-open threes. It's just you have to give up something. When you come to playoff basketball – Particularly, you have to decide what are you willing to live with? What are you willing to give up? You can't take everything away. So Isaiah Coral is going to get some threes, and he's going to make some. And you're going to have to live with that because you can't have Donovan Mitchell going for 50. You can't have Garland going for 40. So you're going to have to live with those. You're going to have to live with Calisburg getting some buckets. Um, you're going to have to live with a couple of things. But you, what you can't live with is giving up everything. It's saying, okay, those guys are getting off, but also Donovan Mitchell's getting his, Garland's getting his. Uh, Allen's rolling to the basket. They got to be able to take certain things away. So when it comes to Garland pick and roll, do you take away the roll man and be comfortable with Garland taking a lot of in-between, maybe kind of contested twos? Uh, that's something that we talked about with Jackson uh, yesterday, and Jackson was awesome um, from uh, Fear the Sword. Like these are the kind of things the Knicks are going to have to discuss. That's kind of what I was going to come to uh, in this next discussion was, to me, I am very curious what they do also defensively, as you mentioned. Um I feel like I can only take what I saw in the last playoff series with Tom Thibodeau as a head coach. But from what I saw, Thibodeau seems like the kind of guy that the Knicks are going to do what they do. And there really won't be much of an adjustment until it's like dire necessary last resort kind of things. Like we watched that series against the Hawks and, you know, they didn't hunt Trey Young until like game four or game five. Um, they didn't really take the ball out of his hands until game four. Like they, they, they went into a series with a certain strategy. And when it, only when it was clear and obvious, it wasn't working there, there was, then there was a switch, but to me, it almost felt like it was too late. And it was, it was too difficult to adjust at that point in time. The series was already over. I'll be they very curious to see like they, what the, 
They yeah, didn't catch up with Peyton until halfway through the series, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like there were these moves that like were very clear that probably should have been made from the beginning that that yeah. didn't happen. So I I think the Knicks will come in saying, hey, you know, they don't typically double guys really. Like that's not really what they do. Um, so they, I think they're gonna let Quentin Grimes go out there and guard Donovan Mitchell. And it worries me a little bit, not because Grimes isn't capable, not that he's not a great defender, but like Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell. This guy is gonna be uh probably a first team all NBA player. So uh I'm 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 wondering if Mitchell has a big game one and, and the Knicks lose, uh I'm really hoping that there's a quick adjustment on how they cover that. You know, now if Grimes does the job and their defense is solid and they and they play their principles well, then I then you know I'm not saying they ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm just I'll just be very curious to see. Is there any change to how they normally uh, guard a player like Donovan Mitchell? And if it doesn't work, how quick will that be adjusted? I will say this. In the 48-point Brunson game, the Knicks, the Knicks win uh, March 31st, you know, let's not forget, Mitchell was the guy that looked like he was going to, you know, erupt. From yeah, I thought he was going to get 50. Yeah, He hit his first eight shots, was 9 of 10 in the first quarter, had 23 points. Um, you know, so it looked like he was going to cruise and, you know, and, and, you know, Hart came in. Grimes actually did a good job, a, de- a decent job defensively. You know, it wasn't like, you know, he right. got lost yeah. in, you know. Oh, yeah, he was hitting tough shots. Yeah. Do tough contested threes. And that's what Donovan Mitchell does. I mean, that's a, he's, there, there are not many more talented shot makers uh, on the planet. Um, but then Hart came in. Um, did a good job against him and something else we'll talk about uh, in the next segment. But um, a key part of that game was Hart playing an offensive foul on Donovan Mitchell. Uh, about four minutes left in the second quarter, Mitchell went to the bench. Knicks made a run to close the half. Um, it, it, the Knicks will be focused on, um, you know, trying to get those yards in foul trouble. And something we'll talk about consistently throughout the series is depth is a big Knicks advantage. So if you can tire the, 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 that core four out or end or get them in foul trouble. And one other thing regarding um, uh, the kind of Mitchell defensive tactics, et cetera, I'll be very interested to see um, if Deuce McBride gets some run. Does Tibbs mm. throw him in for three minutes in the, you know, start of the second quarter for four minutes stretch in the, you know, the end of the third, just to kind of muck up the game a little bit. Um, McBride is as, as good at the perimeter defender as the Knicks have, um, you know, does he throw him on Garland and press him 94 feet to kind of take some yeah. starch, um, you know, take some air out of his tires. Um, those are the kind of things um, we'll see. I don't know if it'll happen in game one, um, depending on how, you know, the, if Grimes is knocking down his shots, you know, IQ Brunson, et cetera. Um, but that's something that, you know, kind of uh, Tibbs might keep in his back pocket um, based on the feel of the game. If he needs some aggression, if he needs some energy, if he needs a spark, uh, I could see him going to McBride um, and, and leaning on uh, McBride's defense. And then, you know, then, of course, the, the opposite is the the Cavs are going to ignore McBride off, uh, on the defensive end and, and let him shoot threes. You know, does he knock down a jumper or two? Um, those are the, you know, the key things that, you know, you know, tend to decide playoff games. So it'll be fascinating to watch. Yeah, that's a that's an important point. I think on McBride or, or Larry is one to kind of keep an eye on because if you guys remember the last series against the Hawks, with that whole situational thing that Tim says, which in the regular season usually means, you know, your ass is on the pine. <laughs> yep. It doesn't really – it's different in the playoffs because he, he in the most – in the biggest part of that series, remember, he threw in Frank Nelikina cold uh to guard Trey Young on the final possession and a game that the Knicks lost on a Trey Young floater um that Frank was was situational 
And he also put Frank in again the next game in game two, I think at the end of the second at the end of the first half to play a certain situation. So Tibbs, in terms of those young, those little quick, uh, you know, press kind of guys, those defensive guys, he will throw you out there during these kind of situations. So it didn't necessarily work well at all for the Knicks in that series against the Hawks. I don't know if maybe he'll say that didn't work, so I won't do it here. I tend to think that he may still give me that opportunity. And given this matchup where you have two high-end guards, it feels like this is a series that may is going to have to get some minutes in because whether it's foul trouble, because of just how just how electric some of these guys can be, like if Garland gets going or um, or, or Mitchell gets going, like you may just you may just need to throw McBride out there, give these other guys a blow. Give him a different look. So I think that the McBride point actually is is one that I don't think I've heard many people talk about yet. But I do wonder if we'll see any of McBride here. Um, keys just to, on game one because we're about to get to the series. But keys to Knicks win in game one in your eyes. Uh, obviously, we talked about Randall. Um, if it's close, Brunson's going to have to hit some big shots. He's he's their best clutch player. Um, and then you know, and, and as we talk about the series going forward. Um, my X factor is, is RJ Barrett, um, you know, kind of how he plays. So, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about that a, a little bit more in depth in the next segment. Um, but yeah, you know, listen, you, you bring up great points about the importance of game one. Um, it feels like, uh, you know, we've been prepping and preparing, th- you know, this game for a week. Um, you know, I think you, you kind of know what you're going to get from, from uh, Josh Hart, you know, what he brings to the table, you know, what Brunson brings to the table, um, you know, Mitch Hardenstein and, and, and the second unit IQ um, seems built for these moments. Um, can Grimes continue his momentum? Um, a lot of question marks going in. Um, RJ Barrett's the one guy who has struggled. So we'll see if he can kind of get back on track because the Knicks are going to need him. Yeah. And I think for me in game one, I want to see Knicks get off to a good start. I think that you have a Cleveland team coming in, a lot of excitement around the team. They had a great season. Of course, they made the trade yeah. for Mitchell, and now it's playoff time. Um, any chance they can maybe take advantage of maybe some early nerves, I think the Knicks will be – it will be important for them to get out early, um, get out and run early, particularly, you know, don't necessarily be in love with playing in the half court. Like, I thought one of the things that really took Cleveland by surprise in that last game was how much the Knicks were getting up and down the court. Of course, the Knicks are a lot different team when Randall's in the starting line compared to when Obi's in the starting line. But I think whoever starts, the Knicks got to take what they saw and then say, hey, we can run on these guys, uh, get some easy shots, because you don't want to play against that set Cleveland defense. Uh, Cleveland set with those two twin towers, it's going to be a long, long series. So I think the Knicks got to get up and down the court, um, get off to a fast start, and you know, and try to see if they maybe get out to an early first quarter lead and kind of make Cleveland play catch-up as opposed to trying to play from behind against a Cavs defense that we know is vaunted. Good point. And the other thing is, uh, again, the added importance of Randall. He's been the guy that set the yep. tone in the entire yeah, season. Yeah, first quarter. Um, yeah, Second in the league be, uh, behind Luka Doncic in, in terms of points scored in the first quarter. Um, so, so often, each and every night, he's the guy that gets you, you know, your first three or four buckets, you know, 10, 12 points in that first quarter, which really helps set the tone. Um, one thing about, um, you know, uh, 
trying not to overreact to big leads or, or large deficits, et cetera, things along those lines. Um, both teams have shown that they can come back from, um, yeah. uh, you know, the double digit deficits. Uh, Cleveland actually 17 wins this season when trailing by at least uh, 10 points was one stat I was picked up in the, uh, in the preparation. So yeah, the, these, I, I expect, um, you know, teams will go out on runs that, you know, the, 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 the other team will, will counter um, and, you know, it's just the nature of playoff basketball. But again, to your point, you don't want to fall behind. You don't want to, um, cause then, you're going to fall into if especially if you're the Knicks you don't fall behind early and then have to play catch up and you know expend all that energy to get back in the game and then most concerningly um you know have the, the tempo pushed up a pace um and, and need to get buckets because you want to stay within within tagging distance of this Cleveland team because again um and as we'll talk about in the, in the next segment they are a tremendous defensive team you don't want to fall behind yeah, and I think also that's a crowd that may not be an angry, scary crowd, but it is a loud, effective crowd. It is not an yep. easy place to play. Cleveland also had one of the best home records in the NBA. Um, that arena is, you know, in the LeBron era, it's always been a, a great home court advantage. So take the crowd out of it early by getting off to a good start in the first quarter. So, all right, we've done all of the breakdowns. We've done all of the analysis. It is time. It's time to go on record for how we think this series will shake out. The Knicks have not won a playoff series in 2020 since 2013. That's when Carmelo Anthony led the Knicks past the Boston Celtics in game six. So I'll ask this question first, Tommy. The Knicks will win this series if what happens? Yeah, I'm going to go with my um, end. I think we know what we're going to get from 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 Brunson and Hart and, and IQ and Grimes to to a lesser extent. Um, and, and Randall's obviously still question mark, but assuming he plays, we know what he can bring to the table. Um, I think that they need RJ Factor, uh, RJ Barrett to be the X factor and positively tip the scales of, of balance. Two reasons I, I say that um, defensively, Knicks are going to try to hide Brunson on Isaac Okoro, as we talked about. Um, this gives uh, Brunson a little bit of uh, an opportunity to help off drivers and maybe draw some offensive fouls, keep him, but also keep him out of foul trouble. Um, and he's just not as talented a defender. He's the biggest defender of the Knicks starting five. So you put him on the guy that Cleveland's going to stick in the corner. Um, that means that Barrett's going to have to switch uh, on to most likely Darius Garland, the, the primary yes. defense. We know how good we know how good of a player um, Garland is. You know, obviously Mitchell gets most of the highlights, but but you know Garland is one of the up and coming guards in the NBA. Um, made an All Star team, age twenty three. Um, one of the the only player in the league um, with twenty plus points, uh, seven assists, and, and shooting over forty percent from three point land. Um, he can he he's a, he's a problem especially when he gets yeah. going. So, so RJ is going to need to um, play the best, you know, and we've, we've knocked RJ for, for his um, inconsistent defensive approach throughout the season. Um, they need him locked in on, on the defensive end, just as importantly on the offensive end. When the Knicks have the ball, Coro is going to be guarding um, Jalen Brunson, which means a cross match is going to be either Mitchell or Garland on RJ Barrett. Um, RJ Barrett has been ice cold from three, from three point territory, shooting 22% of the last 15 games. Um, you know, confidence is really at an all time low, but he's done a better job of driving to the basket, getting into the paint, creating scoring opportunities for himself and his others. Cavs are going to dare him to shoot the threes. Does he take the, you know, the, the first couple threes he gets, if he misses them, does he continue to chuck them up or does he use that space to kind of use it as a runway to get into the paint and, and create scoring opportunities? Also, I'll be interested to see if they feed RJ in the low post. We've seen him be effective. Yeah. He's back to the basket at times this season. Um, 
ideally what you want Barrett to do, if he makes the threes, that's great. I don't want him taking too many. I want him getting to the basket and putting pressure on the defense, having those bigs, you know, uh, you know, drawing internally. He can kick it out to Brunson. He can kick it out to, to Grimes. Um, we know about his trigger. Um, but just as importantly, try to draw some fouls on who's ever guarding, be it Mitchell, uh, be it if it's Darius Garland. Get him the ball. And again, as we and and we've talked about, and we'll continue to talk about, if you get Darius Garland out of the game, now Ricky Rubio comes in, um, and and yeah. he's been awful offensively. Um, solid you know, veteran, you know, he's not going to turn the ball oh, yeah. over he, a ton. He's killed the Knicks in 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 his career, so we know he's he's can, he can be dangerous. He's had some big spots against the Knicks, but he shouldn't seventy yeah. percent. You know, again, he's just you know he made his season debut a few months ago, working his way back from a torn ACL. Um, yeah. You know, shooting sub sub thirty percent, forty percent from the floor, sub thirty percent from from uh, downtown, twenty percent, I believe, um, uh, uh, over the last two months with Cleveland. So you're gonna dare, you know, if he, again, if he beats you, he beats you. Um, but it, either way, you, you you'll happily trade. Um, uh, you you want to see Garland go off the floor and Ricky Rubio come in. Um, if you know if, if Mitchell gets in foul trouble, Levert, you know, obviously Levert's going to be the other guy too, um, but he can't play the, the full 40 minutes. And so, those kind of things that I think RJ can really impact the game on both ends of the floor. Um, and, you know, he's had a disappointing season. There's some talk that he will likely be on the clock because he's not a great fit, uh, in between you know Brunson and Randall. And you know, you know, what's his future? Um, it's it's you know, we'll see how it goes. All that being said, he can completely flip the script and rewrite his 2022-2023 season story. You know that that that's kind of where I land on 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 just R.J. Barrett being you know an essential cop uh, on both ends of the floor. Um, again, they don't need him to be perfect. They don't need him to average 35 on 50% shooting. They just need him to contribute consistently on both ends of the floor. Um, four games. They need four good games. They don't need, you know, seven consecutive good games. They need him to be better more often than not, because if he does that, um, he puts pressure on Cavs defensively and makes the, the, everyone's job easier offensively. And that can kind of swing the balance of power in the series, I think. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we did our uh, mailbag episode and we got a question from CP the French franchise of all people on uh, from Knicks Fan TV. And he asked, you know, who's the X Factor for the Knicks coming this playoff time? This was we probably did that. In fact, we didn't run also breaks. So it was February, and I said RJ Barrett. Um, I think that for the Knicks to go far, the Knicks are going to need a real third scorer. Now, look, Emmanuel quickly has played so great. Like maybe he's that guy, but especially in the starting lineup, I, I think that they're going to need someone else to to provide some real offense. And RJ is the guy with the highest ceiling of, of the guys in the starting lineup. It's not to say that Quentin Grimes can't have big games. We know he can, but we know RJ can take over games offensively, and he's playing the right way. So. Uh, it's going to be important for him, I think, not to have uh, his mind made up when he goes to the basket. He needs to be aggressive. He needs to have a plan because those are two twin towers up there. And you can't just say, I can just go out there and kind of just throw up any shot and <laughs> think that, you know, that's going to work out for him. Like, he's got to go out there with a plan saying, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to show the ball. And if they're up there, then I'm going to dish it off the Mitch. I'm going to go hard to the basket, roll right through their chest, and draw a foul. What we don't want to see is RJ kind of floating in there, throwing up, you know, left-handed, right-handed crap. Um, and shots to have no chance of going in. If he goes in aggressive, hard, and with a plan in mind, I think that he could have a good series because I, I agree. I think the matchups are going to be extremely favorable for him offensively. So he has to have a big series. For me, the Knicks will win this series if the bench dominates the Cavs bench. In many ways, RJ is a big thing, but I really think that that may be where the series is won for the Knicks. Because when I look at this matchup, I think the Knicks will have to kind of play even with the stars or close to even as they can. 
the Knicks' big advantage to me is that they have a much better bench than the Cavs' bench. So much so that I think that J.D. Bickerstaff may end up playing a lot of his starters north of 40 minutes. But in that time when the Knicks' bench gets that Cavs' bench one-on-one, solo dolo, they got to they gotta destroy them. They, they have to dominate that matchup. The Knicks have a really solid four to five men got men lineup back there. If you include a McBride that has played really great since the Josh Hart trade, they got to dominate those minutes. Um, you know, they Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, uh, Jetty Osman. Like these, these are guys are not guys that should be able to outplay uh, quickly and top in and uh, Josh Hart and Isaiah Hardenstein. Like the Knicks are going to need their bench to play the way they've played all season in that Hawks series. One of the problems was besides really the first two games, the Knicks bench, never really got going. And that was what they, one of their big advantages in that season was that the Knicks had this great bench. The Hawks bench outplayed the Knicks badly in the last three games, and that's why the Knicks were, were so dominated in those games. This cannot happen this time around. The Knicks bench is going to have to show up big. I think that they will. But I think that that is going to be a, a big part in this series uh, if the Knicks bench shows up. I totally agree. That was actually my second kind of uh, deciding factor was the bench and point. The Knicks bench second unit can't just outplay the Cavs. They need to thoroughly dominate the start of the second quarter, that first six minutes of the second, that first six minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, not by a couple points, not hang close. Um, you know, Josh, you know, they have the six man of the year in a man who quickly. Josh Hart's, you know, uh, starter on, on half the other teams in the NBA. Isaiah Hartenstein has played at an incredibly high level on both ends of the floor for the past two months. Um, can they get some dunks for Obi Toppin in transition? Easy baskets, um, because this it's going to be a slog to score against this this Cavs team. They make it up, and they're going to make it difficult for you. Can they, can, can we know Josh Hart is going to grab some uh, defensive rebounds and push the ball up the floor in transition? Is he going to find R.J. Barrett cutting the rim? And again, that's R.J. Barrett time, too. You know, he's usually the yeah. Own starter that plays with those other four um, second unit guys. Does Deuce McBride, you know, have, make an impact defensively? Um, those are things um, that the Knicks are going to need to do in order to win this game and the series. Let's talk about the worst case scenario here. Knicks will lose this series if what happens? If they if they play to the way the Cavs want to play, um, Cavs hold the when Cavs hold opponents under 100 points this season, they're 23 and one. Um, they, they 20, just the fact that they held a, a, an opponent under hundred points, 24 times a season is remarkable. And as we know, in today's NBA, no other team in the NBA had more than 16 such games. The Celtics held an opponent under hundred points, 16 times. They were second in the league Cavs number one at uh, 24 times and 23 in one of those contests, as you might expect. Um, so if they can slow the pace down, um, you know, have the Knicks, you know, struggled, befuddled, uh, you know, the, uh, on the offensive end. Um, that's obviously where, you know, where they, they, they make their bread and, and why they've been one of the best teams in the league. And then ultimately, I think it's going to come down to the final five minutes. Um, you know, Jalen Brunson has been the Knicks best free agent signing in, in two decades plus, arguably in the, in the history of the franchise, um, because of how well he's played this, this during the regular season. If he wants to elevate his status even higher and have a statue built of this man, um, he needs to continue that uh, in the postseason because we've seen all the great players of the Knicks past. Uh, yes, the regular season numbers are cool, um, but Patrick Ewing is a hero and a legend town because of how well he played against the Heat and the Pacers. Um, and, and, and you know, in, 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 in his postseason appearances, you're wearing a Clyde jersey. 
done for 36, yes, 17, and 9. Um, we know about Willis Reed. We know about the legendary Knicks players. And, and obviously, Jalen Brunson is nowhere near those guys. Um, but if he wants to kind of elevate his status um, to that higher level, and, and, and you know, because that's kind of, you know, what's going to be the, the separating factor, obviously, um, he has an opportunity to do so. And he's going to have an opportunity to do so with the game on the line. Um, we know Randall struggles in the final five minutes. Um, you know, historically through his career, he did not play well in the postseason. Um, you know, we don't, you know, IQ hopefully will knock down some shots. Grimes been hit or miss. Um, you know what Josh Hart is going to be. A, there's going to be possessions when it's a one possession game, two possession game, one way or the other, where the Knicks need a bucket and it's going to be, and they're going to ask Jalen Brunson to do it. Um, and, you know, he's, he's done it so far this season, one of the best clutch, clutch players in the league. Um, uh, but now, you know, the things get ratcheted up. We've seen him do it in the postseason, you know, 11 months ago, 12 months ago, last April, um, when he sent Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz home almost by himself over those first three games. Um, mm -hmm. See if he can do it again. But um, if he doesn't, um, you know, then the Knicks are going to have a hard, a very difficult time scoring in those final few minutes. The game's probably going to down to crunch time. Um, I think we can feel confident that Mitchell is going to make quite a few clutch baskets of his own. Garland, Mobley, they're going to they're going to find a way to get buckets. Can Brunson answer? If he doesn't, Knicks will probably be on the short end of the stick. I'll say the Knicks will lose, and I would take something from one of my cousins who knows so much about basketball. My cousin James, he always said, talking about the Jordan era, that. One of the things that was guaranteed during that Jordan era and why the Bulls won so much was that the, uh, Jordan was always going to outplay your star, whether it was Patrick Ewing, whether it was Reggie Miller, whether it was whoever it was in that Eastern Conference or in the finals, whether it's Barkley, whether it's uh, Sean Kemp, whether it's uh, Magic Johnson, Jordan Clyde always Drexler. outplayed your star. Clyde Drexler, yes, maybe the most uh, evident uh, example. Jordan always outplayed your star, and you always outplayed them when it mattered most in the clutch. The Knicks will lose this series if the Cavs stars significantly outplay the Knicks stars when it matters most. So you talk about those clutch situations, late games, because there's going to be close games. Whether you think it's Cavs and fives, like Jackson said, or whether you think it's Knicks and five, like some other Knicks fans may be saying, they're going to be close games. Uh, this game, These games will be decided at the end by these star players making plays late. And if Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are hitting big shot after big shot and they can't answer it with shots from Brunson and shots from Randall, Knicks will lose. It's that simple. Um, if the Cavs and Donovan Mitchell outplay uh, the Knicks stars, they, they're going home. And, and that's really what's going to come down to. So the Knicks can't have, obviously, how Julius Randall played two years ago. Like that, that is, that is, they're dead on arrival if they get that Julius Randall. He has to play pretty much to the standard he played for the majority of this season where he's lined up for another All-NBA selection. Jalen Brunson's going to have to be the closer, which he's been for the majority of this season. If that doesn't happen and Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell outplay those guys, Knicks will lose. Yeah, so, I, you, you can make a – I think we're speaking the same language. And and, yeah. we, and, and the reality is they're going to be close games exactly like you said. <laughs> I think – I think, you know, you can predict the Cavs in five or the Knicks or whatever, but I think everybody would be surprised if they are blowouts consistently game game. Like I think it's going to come down to the final five minutes, and, and uh, that's when, that's when you, you know, you make your money. All right, prediction time. Who wins this series and why, Tommy? 
I'm fascinated by the series um, and, and just because it's you know, on so many levels um, and, and just, uh, you know, just a few numbers here. Um, you know, they say styles make fights. Cavs, number one in the league in defensive efficiency. Um, you know, I talked about, you know, keeping teams on 100 points. Um, they ranked first in the NBA um, in, in opponents points per game. Uh, the only team in the NBA to keep teams under 107 points, only team in the, first in defensive efficiency, only team to keep uh, their opponents under 110 points per 100 possessions. The Knicks, on the other hand, third in the NBA in offensive efficiency. Um, you know, it's very rare that you get a first round series where you get a top three offense against the top three defense. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you get in the Eastern Conference in a, in a conference finals or sometimes in the second round. Um, but to get two teams matched up that are the, literally the very top of the league in each respective uh, uh, metric is is really, really interesting. Um, and, and one of the reasons Cleveland's so effective is because they forced the turnovers. 17.7 turnovers forced. That's third most in the NBA. One of the reasons the Knicks are so effective offensively um, is because they limit their turnovers, commit just 13 yeah. turnovers a game, third fewest in the NBA. You know, a lot of players, a lot of teams ask, uh, a lot of folks ask, how can the Knicks be that good offensively in terms of defensive efficiency when they shoot, you know, middle of the pack? They're 20th in the, pack, in the yeah. league in field goal percentage. They're 19th in the league in three-point percentage. Two primary reasons they take care of the basketball, as I just mentioned, and they rebound the hell out of the basketball, especially yeah. on the offensive end. Um, Mitchell and Hartenstein, Hart, you know, all, all, all contribute, um, especially Mitch Robinson led the league in, in offensive rebounds a season per game. Um, whereas the Cavs have trouble, even despite their Twin Tower look, um, you know, they're near the bottom of the league, especially over the second half of the season in terms of rebound. So there's just so many things kind of going back and forth. Um, I think it'll be a great series. I think it'll be extended series. I think those seven games, and I'm going to pick the Knicks to beat the Cavs in Cleveland in that game. There you set. go. Um, another, another factor, as you, as you know, Cavs have been very good at home, 31-10 at home, fifth most uh, home wins in the league. The Knicks have been very, very good on the road, 24-17. Uh, and 17. Uh, The Bucs uh, are the only – have two more wins than the Knicks. Um, every, you know, the Knicks basically tied for second in terms of most road wins this season. Um, it's impossible not to, to watch the Cavs this season and not respect, um, you know, what they bring to the table. Um, and so, obviously, that this is in no way discounting um, that the series will be a very tough series for the Knicks. But uh, it's so impossible to have watched this Knicks team um, from October – April 14th this morning and, and, you know, the end of the regular season and not recognize that there's some special going on here. This is a talented, gritty, gutty group. Um, and, and one of the things I've been most impressed by them is their ability to kind of overcome the odds, you know, when, when things look like they're in the wrong direction. So if the Knicks can get to a game seven, understand home teams are, are highly, you know, are, are usually trends towards the home team. Um, I think that's a game New York can win. So uh, I'm going to go on the record and say New York in seven. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. There you go. New York in seven. So I think this is going to be a tough series. I think this is going to be a physical series. I think that this is going to be a series that's going to have multiple swings. 
But I'm going to agree with my guy, Tommy. I have the Knicks. I have them in the exact same games. I have them in seven games in this series. I think the Knicks win game one, catch Cleveland, not sleeping, but catch Cleveland trying to feel their way through the playoffs. Then Knicks punch them in the mouth and they get a, a steal in game one. I think that this is going to be a series where both teams win multiple games on the road. Uh, this is how this is going to go with the Knicks. The Knicks have been a great road team. At home, they've gotten better, especially since Josh Hart trade, but they've been very iffy. And for what, as great as the Garden crowd is, for whatever reason, people like playing there. People play there. They feel comfortable there. The Knicks have not made it an uncomfortable place to play. So I expect Mitchell to have a heater in one of these games. I expect Garland to have a heater in one of those games. I think the Knicks will actually end up losing two road games potentially. But I think the Knicks get two road games as well. I think they win game one at home. I think they win game seven on the road. So I think you got bookend wins for the Knicks. You figure out where they win the rest of the games in there in between. But I think the Knicks win this series because I I think that the Knicks will have an answer for Cleveland in these late-game situations with Jalen Brunson. I think that's the difference. That's the difference we've seen all season is that last season they lost so many games in which they had big leads or games in which they were right there at the end, but they couldn't execute. And the biggest reason was they did not have a point guard. The difference this time around is that they do. When they played against the Hawks in that series earlier uh, two years ago, they did not have a point guard. And when they needed to close the game in game one, they could not do it. Hawks had a closer. Hawks had a star point guard. They took game one. And they kind of took the series by winning that game. Sometimes in a series, you win more than one game with a certain win. I felt like the Hawks won more than one game when they beat the Knicks in game one. Things are so much different now because of Brunson. I think that the Knicks will have a statement winning game one, and that will set the tone for this series. I think will be not as easy as the Hawks have with the Knicks. That's not going to happen. But I think they'll, they'll, it'll, it'll, it'll make the Cavs understand, okay, this is going to be a real fight. I think it goes all the way to the end. But Jalen Brunson being the difference, I got the Knicks in seven. Yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's kind of what I'm pinning my 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 faith in is, is Jalen Brunson. I've seen enough from this kid over the past six months to say, I, I, you know, like he, he, there's, I don't think there's anything he could do that would surprise me at this point. Um, yeah. and, and going into a game seven in Cleveland uh, against an extremely talented backcourt, um, you know, you need all those other things to get there, to get to, to you know, a, a, a one-possession game in the fourth quarter of a game seven. You need all those other things. You need Grimes to play really well, knock down shots, defend Mitchell. At least, you know, limit him to, to a certain extent. IQ, you need to, you know, do what he does. Josh Hart's going to do what he does. Um, you know, hopefully Randall, you get, you know, a, a healthier version of Randall, relative healthy version of Randall. Um, that's a, a it's close to you know, the 35 and five that we've seen all season. Um, but you need all those things to get you there. And then you need something else to push you over the hump. And that's Jalen Brunson. The, the the way he's played, the the ability to come through in the clutch, you know, he, and, and he can do things, um, you know, he can get buckets against great chances because he doesn't need a lot of action. He doesn't need, you know, three pin down screens to get an open shot. Um, he can take his man, you know, isolate him, go left, right, get into the lane, fade away draw foul, get to the free throw line. Um, you know, he, and, and we know he has the stones to t- make big shots. Um, and, and, and if you're a Nick fan, that's what you're hoping for. Um, it's just at least being in a position where you can let your, you know, your, your, your most important player take you home. Jalen Brunson may not be the most accomplished player in this series, but he's the most accomplished postseason player in this series. So that's what I'm leaning on. Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but he's never been to the Western Conference Finals. He, he hasn't had 
the kind of series. He's had good series, that big series, but he hasn't had the kind of series where they've won like Jalen Brunson had last season. So when I'm thinking about how you win the postseason, you need postseason players. I think Jalen Brunson is a postseason guy. Knicks in seven. And as one great man once said. What's so good about Cleveland? We'll see. We'll see what is so good about Cleveland. I think Jalen Brunson is going to have an answer for them. It's going to be a really fun series. So before we get out of here, I really have enjoyed the conversations this week. But to be honest, I'm ready for playoff basketball. Like, there's so much talking, so much prognosticating, so much previews. It's like, oh, my God, can we get these teams playing already? And we're, we're, we're almost there. We're right at the precipice. So uh, we record this podcast Friday morning. So the playoff field is mostly set. I, I still don't like how this playing tournament is kind of delayed just knowing exactly who the actual playoff teams will be in terms of the full 16. But we still don't know who the Bucs will play. We still don't know who the Nuggets will play. We have Friday games. You got the T-Wolves hosting the Thunder. You got the Heat hosting the um, – the uh, who did they play? The Bulls. Um, so so you got those games, and we'll see what happens with those teams. But we know the rest of the matchup. So I want to give a quick kind of premiere of just, like, what we're expecting in the postseason in the first round. So first time I ask you quickly, uh, favorite or most anticipated first-round matchup outside of Knicks and Cavs? Um, I'm going to go with um, a couple series out West, but in particular, um, the, the Grizzlies Lakers, we talked a little bit about it um, on Thursday's pod. Um, I just think it's fascinating on so many respects. You got the John Moran angle coming off of uh, a, a controversial season, let's say um, they're dealing with some injuries down low. Um, and you have the, greatest player of all time one or one a or, or one b however you want to um you, you got lebron a healthy anthony davis um you know just kind of you know that's been a storyline when they make the postseason with, and then bron hurts his knee they make the trade and it's it just thing i've always um you know i i've always been um a big admirer of lebron and, and basically what he's done throughout his career um so i'm just I, i'd love to see him make some noise at, at, at age 38 um and see what he can do and put a little pressure on the these um so i i would say that that's you know i think king's warriors is going to be awesome um oh, yeah. you know and, and there's, there's a lot of good stuff there but if i had to pick one uh the the, the one series i'm looking forward to most probably Lake Chris. it's funny you mentioned uh you know the, the king's uh the king's warrior series i think is really fascinating and people are running to the warriors i i, I really feel like the king may take that series but for me um, when I think about most anticipated matchup first round, I got to go with the series you didn't mention that we know is happening. We don't know who the, the Nuggets is playing, but I think it's the uh, Clippers and Suns. Um, in some ways, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan, and whether you're watching wrestling now or you watch wrestling back in the old, you know, uh, territory days of the 70s and 80s, the AWA and all that stuff, NWA and all that stuff, uh, you have your loser leaves town matches. This almost feels like a loser leaves town NBA playoff series, if that makes sense. Like, it feels like these are two teams that have kind of been kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere in terms of saying they're title contenders, but haven't really been able to actually win a championship. Suns got there a couple years ago, then took a major step back last season. They make the trade for Kevin Durant. The Clippers, they've been saying they're title contender for, it seems like, since they got PG and Kawhi and no Western Conference final appearances. And it feels like there's a ton of pressure on both of these teams to get to an NBA Finals, even though they're a four and five seed and they're playing in the first round. So it feels like the loser of this series faces major changes next season, whether it's coaches being fired, whether it's multiple players being traded. Like the loser of this team will look nothing like how they look coming into the series. So that's why this series is really fascinating to me. I think it's a loser, lose, loser leaves town kind of series. 
uh, whoever wins, you know, you feel like, wow, man, they beat a really tough team in the first round. And now you can really buy into them as a true title contender. I think people are already buy into the Suns, but everybody will buy into the Clippers if they win. And the loser, you say, all right, who are we trading? Who's getting fired? Like, we can't come back with these same guys again next season if we lose in this first in the first round of the playoffs, especially if they lose in an embarrassing fashion. So loser leaves town in the first round of the playoffs. I'm looking forward to seeing Suns versus some Clippers. I I would I would love this series if if Paul George was healthy. The fact that you know he's going to miss it. It sounds like he's going to miss at least the, the start of the series. Maybe comes back game three or you know something along those yeah. lines. Um, we'll see. But I just think and I and I picked the Clippers to get to the finals at the start of the season. Uh, but I just I can't take a team seriously. You don't know who's going to show up night in night out. Can they flip the switch? Yeah. Kawhi Leonard. You know we've talked about you know Jimmy Butler. You know joking around saying it's time to start playing. I kind of that's how I feel about the the, the Clippers. Tremendous talent from off the bottom. Like, to nine to ten, um, but I just I, I haven't loved the, the way they've handled this season. Um, so I I can't buy into them now. I, I honestly think that the Suns are gonna are, are, are gonna um, you, disperse with them pretty handily. Um, wow. uh, Durant looks healthy, um, so I, I you know and and, and I'd like to see C, CP3 um, make a little run here and, and you know get back to you know hopefully you know we'll see if he wins a title this season. Um, but uh, yeah, Paul George is there um, again. I have a ton of respect for those two guys. Um, you know, the, the combo of, of George and Leonard. Um, but are they going to stay healthy if they come back? Is Kawhi going to, you know, just just something doesn't feel right, hasn't felt right uh, with that Clippers team all season. So um, I think the Suns are peaking at the right time, um, have a great combination of size, strength, leadership, veterans, young players. Um, I, I think that the Suns are a little bit too much for LA. All right. Player to, with the most approved in these postseason. Who do you, who do you have for that? I, I mean, I just mentioned Chris Paul. I, I think he's in there. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you could pick a Durant on that on that on that same Suns team. Um, but I, I think the answer is probably Jokic. Um, so much talk about does he deserve to win three MVPs? No, he doesn't because he didn't win. You know, he hasn't advanced to the conference finals or the finals, even though the MVP is regular season award. So it's kind of ridiculous to, to put mm-hmm. the two together. Um, but um, yeah, I think the two big guys, uh, Jokic and Embiid, um, you know, over in the Eastern Conference, Jokic sounds like he's going to, you know, win his first MVP. Um, and talk about a team, you know, with a lot of questions if they don't um, get the job done this postseason. You know, what happens with Harden you know, as he enters? You yeah, know, can become a free agent. Um, you know, does does is Doc Rivers fired? Um, does Embiid demand changes? Does he threaten to you know request trade if they don't you know kind of um, you know make moves that he wants them to make? You know, what do they do with Tobias Harris? So um, a lot of pressure, I think, on 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 Philly and Embiid, and and obviously out in Denver on Mr. Jokic. Yeah, I think I think you're right on those two guys for sure. I, I'm gonna stay in Philly though. I'm actually gonna go to James Harden because I think. It felt like that last series they played against Miami last year when they lost that people people pretty much blamed Harden. Um, they were like, he's out of shape. Um, he wasn't ready to go. And when Embiid got hurt and they needed the other star slash superstar to step up, he didn't show up. So if Harden does that again, uh, I, I, he can't come back to Philly. We, we already saw what they did to Ben Simmons. If he has a series <laughs> like he did against the Miami Heat, they, he, won't, he won't be back. I don't think that the fans would allow them to bring him back. He's going to be a free agent anyway. And look, he may be, he seems the kind of guy perfectly content to just take his money and go to Houston. So yes. uh, it may not mean he's put on his back, but I'm just saying for his legacy, we want to have that conversation um, or just pressure coming into the series. Like he needs to get it done. He he has to uh, be a star. You know, now he's playing with Embiid. So there's not all this pressure on him. He should have way more favorable matchups now. 
that's why I think it was so disappointing how he played last season. I think Harden comes in this season uh, with the most to prove. Favorite sleeper team coming into this postseason? Um, if I had to pick a sleeper team, I I, I would you know I, I, I are the Warriors uh, are the Lakers a sleeper team? Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's I mean, they're, yeah, they're, I think they have the fourth best odds to win the come out of the West, right. according to Vegas. So, so I mean, that, that still counts. So, so, I guess so. It's kind of cheating. You know what? I'll go the opposite direction and I'll take the three seed Kings, um, who I, mm-hmm. I think are, are underdogs, you know, uh, in, 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 according to this. Um, I see them making a deep run. Um, otherwise, I, I think there's there's going to be a lot of chalk um, early on. Um, so I don't I don't really see, you know, Hawks. I, I think they're going to be handled easily by the Celtics. Um, you know, you know, so I, that that is, I don't I don't see any of the, you know, whether it's the Bulls or the Heat out east or the or the Thunder or, or the Timberwolves um, making much noise either. So I think it's going to be a lot of chalk advancing uh, in, into the second round. Yeah, I kind of agree. I do agree, though, if I was to take a sleeper team, it would be the Kings. Uh, because it seems like everybody's ready to run to the Warriors. The Warriors, and everybody knows how much I love Steph Curry, but they've been a awful, awful road team. So, and the Kings have been one of the best home teams, and that's one of the best home court advantages. And we know how old yeah. the old Arco Arena used to be back in the day, playing in those games. <laughs> that was a that that Kings uh, home court advantage is going to be incredible in these games. And I think that people are sleeping because they haven't really paid attention. But the Kings have. My opinion, the best offense in the NBA. They have the best plus scorer in the NBA, Darren Fox. And I just take credence in what teams do in the regular season. I don't just say, okay, I know you're a young team and I know you're playing against the defending champs, but like, you know, what you did in the regular season doesn't matter. Like, I don't care that you've won however many games and you've been solid. These are the reasons why you're going to lose. I, I, I've never been that guy. So uh, I think the Kings not only can win this series, I think they can win another series as well. I think that they could beat Memphis or the Lakers in a second-round series as well. So you can be looking at a conference finals uh, Sacramento Kings team. So that's the, the sleeper team I have because I think that not only can they win in the first round, they can go on a deep, deep run through the postseason. Yeah, I mean, that Sacramento crowd is going to be fired up, obviously breaking the longest postseason streak, postseasonless streak um, in NBA history. They're kind of ready to light the beam. Um, and the other, the one thing with the Warriors, though, they are getting Andrew Wiggins back, um, hasn't played big, since February. Big returns. Huge for the Warriors. But again, you know, is he in shape? Is he rusty? Um, you know, how, how does he look on floors? Is going to impact all that stuff. But that's a major, major uh, addition for the, the Warriors. Yeah. Because without him, um, I would have said they, you know, I would have definitely picked the Kings, but him coming back, um, don't forget, you know, he was the, um, wasn't the MVP of the finals last year, but he was the second best player, you know. You, you, yeah, he was huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that viral clip of uh, Andre Iguodala, you know, calling him over and getting him refocused, I think it was in game three or game four, um, really set Andrew Wiggins uh, up for the rest of that series, and he was crucial in that series, no question. Um, all right, here we go. Who comes out of the East? Who comes out of the West? Who wins it all? Uh, I had the I had the um, Bucks winning the title prior to the season. I'm going to stick with Milwaukee um, winning the championship. Um, obviously, the concern with Middleton is 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 significant. Um, you know, they need to help Chris Middleton. I think they beat the the back bending chains um as as of this moment had Middleton not injured his 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 last year um his knee last year but and then I got the Suns uh coming out of the west so I'll have uh, Milwaukee versus Phoenix uh with Milwaukee taking the title so before the season I had the Sixers winning the championship and I had them coming out of the east obviously 
Milwaukee looks great, so I feel like this is probably against my better judgment, but I'm going to stick with that because I did believe that Embiid would have a monster season that he has. I believe that Embiid would finally get over the hump in the playoff, which I think he will. So I'm going to stick with the Sixers coming out of the East. The Western Conference team I have is New Orleans Pelicans, who are not in the postseason. So we can't have those. So now I get a full mulligan, and I have a whole crop of now nine teams, technically, because the Thunder and, and the you know and whoever they play, the T-Bulls are technically still in the mix. The West is so hard, but I'm going to say – I'm going to agree and say that it's the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think the Suns beat the Kings in the conference championship. I think that second-round matchup between Nuggets and Suns is going to be really, really good. That might be the best series of all these series, I think, to be honest. But I'm going to say that the Suns uh, and the Sixers in the NBA Finals. Uh, I hate to do it because, I, you know, with KD, you know, you know, with KD, you know, the question I always ask is the same. Tell me a little something, KD. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Unfortunately, I think KD will be able to say, no, I don't regret it. Because now I'm in the Suns and now I have another NBA championship. So I, I think that, you know, even though I picked the Sixers to win it all, I think that the Suns, they got to find a way to stay healthy. They got to find a way to stay healthy. And, 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 and me picking them, despite some of the issues they had in the regular season, is against using my principles. But... I just think there's too much firepower in that starting lineup. I think they have enough. I think that the Suns win in probably about six games over the Sixers in the NBA Finals. That's my Sounds pick. Good. That's where we're going. Can't wait. Can't wait to see. Get it going. Playoffs is here. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We will be having plenty of postseason coverage, particularly with the New York Knicks throughout their run through the playoffs. Make sure you keep it locked with us, Orange and Blue Bloods. Of course, this is a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service so you can get these episodes every time we drop. We'll be dropping throughout the playoffs, so make sure you stay locked here on the Blue Plus. Also, check us out on YouTube, Odyssey Sports, and WFN on the YouTube page where you can find our content. Tommy, let people know where they can find you. At Tom Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. And thank you guys so much for checking out this Knicks Cavs playoff preview. We'll be talking some recap episodes next week. Thank you guys again. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.